This is a Rooster Teeth production. In 1966, a winged creature with glowing red eyes was spotted in the small Appalachian town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. It was continuously sighted for a year before a tragedy befell the town, and then it mysteriously disappeared. Today, we're going to talk about the mystery of the Mothman. This is Red Web. Alfredo, we're coming in towards the beginning of the year here, flying in like a Mothman with a cryptid. Yeah, so I've heard of the Mothman. Yeah. Uh, I think you kind of like, it's like I hear about the Mothman, the Jersey Devil and all that kind of stuff. They're mm-hmm. all like blotted in together. Um, I know nothing about the Mothman at all. Uh, off the bat, strange. There are sightings. And then it's like something happened to the town and then the something Mothman happened. was never seen again. Yeah. So it's just like, what is that connection there? That's like what I'm asking myself right now. But yeah, there's sightings, an event, uh, some other tricklings of goings on and then uh, nothing. By mm. the way, Trevor Collins, that's me. Alfredo Diaz, that's him. Hello. Every week, a new mystery. Today, we're going to dip our toes into the popularly suggested Mothman, and you mentioned that you know who he is, but you don't know much about him. Let's address the name. His name is Mothman. Okay. Maybe James, you know, in his day job. I don't know. Because he looked like a moth, dressed like a moth. Tell me what you think. When you hear Mothman, let's start painting a vivid image. I mean, to me, this, I don't know why. It reminds me of like those 90s or early 2000 movies, like, uh, what was it The Replica? The Replicant? Something like that. Like those like 90s, like monster movies. <laughs> Yeah, it feels like old school Superman kind of era. Yeah. Like I'm going further back in the comic book era when every animal, every creature had some sort of hero attached to it. You know, I'm sure you had roly poly man. Yeah, I don't I don't He could turn into a perfect ball and roll down the hill. <laughs> I don't think of this as a, as, as a hero, though, for sure. Or at least I don't I wouldn't assume that this person uh, or this thing is a hero, but. I don't, I don't know. Like that's, I, I get like a nineties monster movie vibe yeah. just by hearing the name. Like Mothra slept with one of the mad scientists and then like out popped this monstrosity. What a weird twist in Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mothra banged the scientists <laughs> and then made Mothman. What a, what a oh, weird man. origin story. <laughs> <laughs> Mothman. Okay, now when I hear Mothman, I've always pictured obviously the moth mixed with a man, and so I just picture like a hairy, you know, dusty. Because moths got that dust to them, you know. If you ever yeah. see them fly into a window or you, yeah. you swat them, that's what I hate about like moths. Like when you get like in your house, you try to swat them away, mm-hmm. or you're trying to like kill them or trying to release them. They got the, like dust to them. They got they leave a little print it's, it's on the wall. Gross. So maybe this guy is just, you know, he sits down on your couch, he'll leave a little imprint. He's uh battering around your lamps or something. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just for everybody's sake, we we got the end of the year giggles, we got the end yeah, of the year do. holiday itis. 
We're batch recording a bunch of these guys. Anyway, so this episode is going to be a little bit more conversational, a little less structured, uh, but we will dive into different chunks of the Mothman. Uh, We've got the sightings, the popular sightings, the goings on therein. We have uh, the investigation, as it were. Mm. We'll kind of dive into that. And then uh, the event. We'll, we'll kind of go into what that event is, what it looked like, how the Mothman is associated with it. And then we'll try to go into the theories that try to answer maybe what this entity is if it isn't an actual cryptid. I'm, I'm excited about this because I'm a really big fan of like monster movies. Yeah. So this is giving me like those vibes and I'm all about it to be completely honest. Yeah. And I'll be curious to hear your thoughts too. Once we get through these sightings, once we get through the stories here, what your real feelings are on the situation on Mothman. Would you be comfortable knowing he was uh, kicking around your town if there's stories or would you want to stay away? Stuff like that. I'm going to be honest. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, I mean something something <laughs> bad happened to this town. Apparently, like it coincides with the Mothman, so mm. he could stay the hell away. <laughs> I don't. I don't want none of it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to look at him. I, I don't want his dust trail anywhere. None of that. I'm gonna talk you around. I'm gonna set up a one-on-one meeting with this thing. Yeah, no. You guys are gonna hit it off. I can just tell. I can just tell. <laughs> Mr. Moth, Mr. M- Mr. Man, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Man, <laughs> sir, please don't don't hurt me. He won't hurt you. Or Willie. Let's dive into the sightings. Clendenin, West Virginia was the first instance of this creature. It was first spotted by three gravediggers on November 12th of 1966. They said it soared overhead. And that's as simple as that story gets. What's interesting to me is that these individuals had to come forward and say, yeah, I was a police. Uh, I saw a creature in the sky. It soared overhead. And they're like, all right, sir. Uh, what what mm. was it that you were doing? Yeah, you robbing a grave yeah grave robbing just grave robbing as i do they're just like look i mean i know it's a it's, it's a bad thing it's illegal but i figured you'd cut me some slack because i just discovered some creature i just discovered this <laughs> seven foot tall flying man is that, is that how tall the mothman's supposed to yeah, be yeah well oh that's we got some stories that break down his size his supported his supposed size oh damn but this is the only spotting of this year in Clendenin, West Virginia. The rest all took place in a town called Point Pleasant, West Virginia. The next sighting was from two couples. They were drag racing in a 1957 Chevy at night in what was known as the TNT area, kind of like dynamite TNT, Okay. not the channel or whatever else. TNT knows drama. They they do. (laughs) Maybe they made, maybe this is, no, anyway. November 15th, 1966, this is when this went down. Just to expand a little bit on this TNT area, it was a top secret government facility that was used to create explosives for the atomic bombs that the United States uh, was making around that time. Employees were driven there on a bus with blacked out windows so they couldn't see exactly where they were going. And if you recall, this sounds very familiar to the Area 51 story from Bob Lazar a few weeks ago. Oh yeah. Very, uh, I mean, I'd believe it. Going to a black site, you're gonna make sure that you keep it secret. Look, I think we've already established that we believe in this whole, like, like you <laughs> know, uh, people working in areas in which they know, they don't know where it's located. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I absolutely believe that part. As far as, the, like, the little aliens kicking around or what it is that they're up to. That's up for debate. That's up for debate. That's where you start to get a little, uh, extra, I think. But 
this area, this uh, government facility, was abandoned after Hiroshima in 1945. In the area, there are still old factories and scattered bunkers where explosives were stored, and they still have leftover materials, and we'll kind of dive a little bit more into that later on. Uh, but in 1966, this area was converted to the McClintic Wildlife Management Area. So they're taking something that used to be a bit nefarious and uh, turning it into something a little bit nicer. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Managing that wildlife. Trying to turn it around? Okay. Yeah. So that's the TNT area we're talking about. The two couples that were drag racing in the area, we have Roger and Linda Scarberry, and we have Steve and Mary Millette. Uh, they noticed some strange movement in the abandoned munitions plant. Uh, as you might do when speeding through in the night. And they drove away, uh, and as they turned to go away, something began chasing their cars. And they described this as a large flying man with 10-foot wings. Uh, gray, appeared not to have a neck, and when the headlights hit the creature, its eyes began to glow, or they lit up with a glowing red. Huh. They continue on to say that they couldn't make out any sort of head or arms. So essentially we have this six to seven foot tall entity with a 10 foot wingspan flying around with no obvious arms or neck or head. God. Just two glowing eyes. It didn't seem to flap its wings. It just kind of hovered. And, uh, and what's interesting here is that it shied away from the light, unlike a moth. You know what this reminds me of? Hit me with it. The creature uh, from Jeepers Creepers. Oh. <gasps> Oh, the guy that steals, like, body parts? Yeah, the creature that, like, scares you, and then, like, through your fear, it could sense, oh. like, what body parts it likes to eat from you to add on to itself. Like, this mm -hmm. is what it reminds me of. They're driving through, it's chasing them, and, like, you know, limbs missing, and all. I don't know, it's a flying creature. It's, I need a new head! Yep. Oh, man. I could smell the fear on that head, Roger. Mm, coming for you. You're hitting the genre I'm all about right now. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. That makes sense. But you know what I see? I see something a little bit more polished up, a little nicer, a little cleaner. This guy is a vigilante. This man's showing up when people are, you know, bending the law. He shows up <laughs> first when people are grave robbing. He shows up when people are out there drag racing. Listen. Oh my God, you're right. This guy, <laughs> this guy might be up some to some good. Misunderstood hero. Yeah. You know, we don't, we just don't know. So see, Fredo, I'm I'm turning you around a little bit. Turning uh, well, you around. Oh, I'd like, I'm going to go, I'm going to turn back around head the other way. <laughs> to a 360 and keep on going. Yep. Anyway, so going back to this story, they said it hovered in front of their car, making a noise like a sped up record player or like a mouse squeak and prevented them from leaving. And I have this funny visual in my head of this seven foot tall, 10 foot wide floating man with no head and red eyes just squeaking like a mouse. Yeah, <laughs> weird. Weird. That like was, a sped up record player. I would go from being terrified to very confused <laughs> in a heartbeat, to be, you just to be go honest. From screaming to laughing. Oh my God. What? Wait, is it? What is what's, it? Ha what's happening here? Is this a prank or what's what's going on? All the more reason to show that this thing is clearly not an evil creature. Mm. You know, maybe. I mean, I still, I wouldn't ask. I wouldn't stick around to ask or, or try and figure that out. You know what I mean? Have someone else figure that stuff out for me. Yeah, no, I'd keep driving. Not me. I ain't doing it. So they continued to drive back into town, obviously trying to get out of this area, and it supposedly followed them all the way back into town. The couples were unsure if the police would believe their story, so they went back to confirm what they saw. And when they went back in a pasture nearby, they saw it walking and stumbling through the field. 
And they also claimed to have seen the body of a dog on the side of the road, but when they returned to once again confirm that sighting, uh, the dog or the body of the dog was gone. And again, I just see, man, he's just cleaning up. Just hell to the no am I going to go back to... If that thing chased me all the way to town and yeah. it's this weird like figure silhouette that I can't describe, I'm not familiar with, making all kinds of weird, crazy, confusing noises, <laughs> no way in hell are you going to catch me going back to look for it right. to find some shred of proof or evidence. Right. No. It's not like they went back with a camera or something. They're just no. like, the police aren't going to believe us, so let's go get more anecdotal evidence. See, that's why everyone that's signing up for the Red Web Task Force, mm-hmm. you guys are, you know what I mean? You guys are the troops on the ground. I want to be the man <laughs> you're in the chair. Like, you're, they're the meat shields is what you're saying. No, I'm not saying meat shields. <laughs> I'm just saying the explorers, the pioneers. They're the wave one. <laughs> you're not convincing anybody onto this task force no, with a resume like there's that. There's people listening right now that are just like, <laughs> Fredo, sign me up, direct me, put a body cam oh. on me. Let's go. Let's go discover some things. Man, I'm telling you, Alfredo, I'm, I think you've you've said something clean here, and we need to start another list. Alfredo's survival rules. Rule number one, you escape something, you don't return. No. If you get no. out of the clutches of an evil creature, you're not going back. Yeah. Are you Rule kidding number me? two, hell nah. You know what I'm saying? Rule number three, <laughs> leave anybody behind. Just get the hell out. Yeah, just about anybody. Yeah, just yeah, about I could anybody. Sign off on that. I can sign off on that. Dog on the side of the road. Oh, I mean, look, I love dogs, but you know, your significant other. You know, sorry, <laughs> it's not happening. Well, anyway, they didn't think the police would believe them, but when they returned again to town, they did tell the police what they saw, and they reported it at 2 a.m. So not too long after they saw it, Deputy Millard Halstead knew the couples personally, and so he believed their story. The police went searching that night, but didn't find anything. A few days later, two volunteer firefighters saw, quote, a large bird with red eyes. The next sighting was by Marcella Bennett on November 16th of 1966, all clustered together, by the way. These all happened within a one-week span of each other. Marcella and her family said they saw the creature while visiting friends that lived near that TNT area. They saw red lights overhead, and when she went to investigate, they said it landed near their car, and Bennett noticed that it looked like a man, but its legs were covered in feathers. Red eyes, its wings were drawn, and it had no neck, uh, or it had its neck down in some way. She couldn't run, she said she couldn't look away, and when she finally did get herself to turn around and and face away from the thing, she said she collapsed in shock. Newspapers then began to pick up the story and, and report on it, One anonymous writer named the creature the Mothman at that moment, inspired, actually, by Batman. Oh, okay. So, hey, I mean, there's another feather in the cap of goodness. It seems like a cheap spinoff character. A very cheap, (laughs) you know, fifth cousin, seven times removed sort of entity, yes. You know what the funny thing is? Like, I sit here, because Batman is so established as a character. Right. And as as a person, a comic book hero. You sit here and you just go, ah, Batman. You know what I mean? How Mm -hmm. iconic. But imagine like before he was established, Batman, Mothman, they would be on equal footing and, you know, just hearing about them and their names and their titles. I'd be like, cool. I mean, Mothman, Batman. I don't know which one you like more. 
Yeah, I mean, it It sounds odd because we're thinking of a moth. But when, like you're saying, when you think of Batman, it's just Batman. You're not thinking of like a bat winged man with like leather skin or whatever. No, not at all. Whatever bat skin feels like. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> guessing. Ooh. So now we have like more details. Those red eyes are still there. She said something about no neck. So it must have some sort of stocky head or no head situation. Those red glowy eyes, feather legs. Interesting. The next sighting, and pretty much one of the last of this time period, uh, or the last one that we're going to focus on anyway. November 27th, 1966, Connie Carpenter saw Mothman while driving home from church. She said it followed her car and flew in front of the windshield. Carpenter was haunted by its devilish red eyes. One woman claimed Mothman tried to kidnap her baby, in fact. And there's, there's, uh, she has since passed the specific woman who said she wrestled the baby back from Mothman, but she has friends that continue to this day to say that, yes, this was a story that happened and she maintained it until her death. Over 100 sightings of Mothman were reported over time and some ultimately were afraid to report their story. Obviously, people thought that, you know, people wouldn't believe them, but eventually many people came forward. It became some somewhat of a movement in this town. Hundreds of people went to the TNT area over this time period, searching for the Mothman, some even hunting for the Mothman. But the last couple strange occurrences that were reported in Point Pleasant during this time uh, were as follows. I'm just going to go through like a small list here, and that will kind of conclude our sightings of this creature. So police dispatches were interrupted at periodic times. Some even heard screaming on their radios. Uh, many people had malfunctioning cars or appliances. The Scarberries, who we talked about earlier, said they heard strange beeps and large garbled noises around their trailer at night that led them to move actually into their parents home and some other people said they saw ufo sightings many people claimed that they had doors opening and closing on their own uh, many mothman witnesses actually received strange phone calls and visitors to their home which we will go into in just a moment and ultimately this phenomenon led paranormal investigator and author john keel to visit uh, the area, and later write a book called The Mothman Prophecies. So, I don't know if this comes off as rude, but a lot of people making stuff up. A lot of people, you know what? Like, we're adding UFOs? Come on! We got UFOs in here now. That's wild. Yeah, that's true. And, and I again, I, I always get ahead of myself with the theories and stuff, but th that's one of the theories, is that there's some sort of, like, group think happening here. And that is not the first time in history that wild things have happened at a town level or society level. Right. But yeah, we'll dive into that more in the theories. What's interesting here, and again, I think we've talked about this in previous episodes, but these strange visitors that kept appearing at people's houses were the supposed men in black, which ah. it's a very interesting topic. And they're so scattered. Uh, there might not be enough for a whole episode, but... If there is, I would love to do a whole episode on these supposed men in black. There's a lot of stories from all over the place that feature a lot of other topics, but this is a common through thread with a lot of cryptids, a lot of UFO talk, a lot of FBI stuff. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating. But anyway, these men in black started showing up in town. In fact, even before the appearance of Mothman, citizens were reporting UFO sightings and these like visitations from the supposed men in black. Connie Carpenter, who we just spoke about, she reported seeing UFOs. She said she was visited by a man about her relationship with reporters John Keel and Mary Heyer. So, the, so these men in black came to her door and said, 
so tell me about your relationship with these uh, paranormal investigators, these authors, these reporters. What, what's going on here? Can you imagine how frustrating it, it, like it would be if you actually saw something and then you're like, all these other people in your town are like, oh, I saw him too. And he had a UFO or like, I saw him too. Yeah, my door pimp. was swinging open. Yeah, I saw him too. And he walked up to me with a pimp cane. It's like, what? No, <laughs> I, I actually, I saw the Mothman. What are you talking? Are you making no, no, stuff man. up? <laughs> no, I saw him. He came up. He said, yo, I'm Mothman. And then he fluttered off. That was it. It was <laughs> vanilla as can right be. right on in. <laughs> He didn't have any diamond cane. He didn't, you know, he wasn't out here d- d- floating doors around. No. Yeah, I, I can, I can, uh, I can't imagine that frustration. If you actually saw some rare event and then everyone's like, yeah, me too. And yep. then he gave me a gold coin to make a wish with. Like, oh, start adding these outlandish things. Yeah. All right. I'd hate it. I'm, I'm going to, I got a chin strap on my tinfoil hat now. Cause I get too excited. I'm going to really pull it tight right now and say like, what if these people are actors and they're just there to water down your real story so the world never hears about it? So you sound ridiculous. Hmm? I mean, that? you're in too deep, Trevor. Okay. You're in too I'll deep. I'll climb back you're out. I just wanted to, all these conspiracies. Just to dip but, my I mean, toes like, that's, in. That's got to be a tactic in a playbook somewhere. Come on. Oh, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> Always. That's the, first, that's the go-to with conspiracy theorists. No, oh, they're paid actors. Yeah. Okay. So going back to this paranormal investigator, John Keel. John Keel was in Point Pleasant to investigate Connie and other citizens' claims of the Mothman and UFO, etc. And in fact, John Keel himself was the one who popularized the term men in black after these events. Carpenter claims they asked what she thought about these uh, reporters, like hire, you know, and what they would do if someone, quote, someone told her to stop writing about UFOs. Basically saying like, hey, if, if, uh, if you were made to shut up about this, how would you feel? How would these reporters that you're, you have a close relationship with, how would they feel? Interesting uh, and suspicious question. Yeah. Why would you need to know that? Why would you even ask that? Uh, and then after seeing Mothman, Linda Scarberry, the one who was drag racing all night, uh, from the first sighting in Point Pleasant, she was actually treated for, for shock. Uh, If you recall, she felt frozen, whether it was out of fear or some sort of ability from this cryptid, she she felt locked in place. And when she turned away, that's when she collapsed. She actually was treated for shock. So whatever it was that happened with her, she really believed it. She went into actual shock. Um, So that's kind of interesting. That's a bit of an aside here, but worth mentioning since we're kind of going back to some of these uh, witnesses. But, but she also started hearing things and seeing things move on their own. Uh, she, she also started getting these strange phone calls. And eventually, she was visited by these men in black, and they asked about her experience with Mothman. She claims these men in black tried to intimidate her into not telling her story, and even followed her in a black Cadillac, which sounds very much like uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. Oh, yeah. They ran around. They got that nice car. Don't hit the red button, you know? Hey, maybe, you know, maybe the movie's... Based off of some little shred of, uh, you know, truth. A little trickling of evidence. You know, that also just could have been a nod, a little Easter egg to this story in the actual, in the movie. But it's interesting. The Mallets, a whole different family. The the other couple that was with the Scarberries, uh, once again, racing out at night. They were also visited by strangers who asked to take their picture. The Mallets took their picture. But when these individuals that were taking their photo, these men in black or whoever... When they started leaving, the mallets snuck a picture of the license plate that they had on their Volkswagen 
So now we have a different car. And uh, they took it to the police. The police ran this plate and said it didn't exist. And then Marcella Bennett, after seeing the Mothman, said she had nightmares and said she had recurring anxiety. She felt a strange presence and she started having premonitions, which is another kind of through thread here with the Mothman. People start seeing things, having indications of the future. Uh, Maybe that's some sort of Mothman ability here, but it's interesting. And she felt like she was being followed by a driver of a Ford Galaxy. This driver apparently had a curly wig rather than just normal hair. I don't know how she told the difference, but when she tried to let the car pass, apparently this driver tried to run her off the road. What's interesting is that these are all three different makes and models. And I I would wager if these were government agents of the American kind of establishment, they probably wouldn't be driving a Volkswagen in the 60s, but a Ford and a Cadillac, Sure. I, I don't know. I'm Maybe I'm just reading too much into these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that that stood out to me as like, eh, Right. Eh. If there was a commonality, if it was a black Cadillac each time or a Ford Galaxy each time, yeah. I might start going, okay, there's something here. But it's I don't know. Random. Yeah, it's a, bit, it's a bit random. Even police today, regular police, tend to have the same make and model right. of, of car. But uh, Connie Carpenter claimed that someone attempted to abduct her by car. So all of these individuals that we've talked about, all of these individuals who have had, and I know you love it when I say that word, apparently, audience, <laughs> but everybody's had sightings with the Mothman and then subsequent sightings with the Men in Black, people who were trying to figure out what was going on. The last detail that I think is interesting about the Men in Black is that they were always described as awkward, socially awkward, translucent, maybe very fair skin, and had oddly long fingers. Some people, and this is kind of diving into the Men in Black topic in general, some people wager that these are aliens or a, or a different species that live among us, but that's for another episode. Why do they care about Mothman? I mean, that's... I don't know. That's deep water. You're talking about this creature slash man thing, and then... All of a sudden, there's aliens that are chasing mm-hmm. them or want to know about them. That, that's a, that's yeah. a deep, deep rabbit hole. That's where you start wondering, like, okay, well, this is where you have to give yourself the benefit of the doubt. Let's just say cryptids are real. And then there is some sort of actual men in black, you know, group, agency, that keeps it all on the DL. So that regular people like you and I don't know that the guy down at the shop is actually a talking dog or there's a little man sitting inside the head <laughs> controlling him like a machine. You know, like, don't have to we don't know. Men in black now. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Every episode we're watching a new movie. But yeah, it's interesting that we have these men in black showing up, basically asking, what did you see? How'd you feel about it? And how would you feel if I told you to never talk about it again? So... Almost like a case study. Like, like this feels like a scientific study, which my mind starts to wonder, was there an actual experiment from the actual government? Mm. You know, something in the water lines. And then they're like, tell me about what your uh, your symptoms are, you know, and they're taking a bunch of notes like an experiment and then they off they go. Right. But again, theories we will get there. Hello, everybody. This is Trevor Collins. My moment to talk directly to your eardrums. Uh, I hope you've been enjoying the mystery of the Mothman thus far. It's a fascinating one, uh, a classic, if you will, in another toe dip 
just into the pool of cryptids. There's a lot of them, so if you guys like it, be sure to let us know. There's many ways to do that. You can review us on iTunes. You can uh, head to roosterteeth.com, where we upload a version of this podcast as well, with the comments section. I love reading through those as well. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of ways to connect with us. Also on social, at RedWebPod. Uh, you know how it is on Twitter. And you can let us know what you what you feel like on these mysteries. If you have any theories, if you have any mysteries that you want us to cover, if you just love flying furry men and you want us to pull back the, the curtains on more cryptids like Mothman, we can absolutely do that. Uh, but let's do some some housekeeping notes, as I like to say. You know, we, we've got merch at store.roosterteeth.com. You guys have been buying up that shirt and that mug for those early morning uploads. You know, I think we come out at like 2 a.m. Central Time on Mondays because we want to be there for you. You know, there's nothing like waking up on a Monday to an episode of Red Web. Just waiting for you, standing next to the bed, staring you down, saying, listen. Okay, that got strange, but don't worry about that. Uh, uh, Thank you all for buying the shirts and the mugs. Greatly appreciate it. We got more on the way. Um, you know, we're doing a lot of Red Web Task Force sort of stuff, and we're trying to come up with ways to to make a really cool investigation kind of package so you can get some merch that feels more than just a shirt. It, it kind of is an investigation in a box. And we'll see how that goes. We're, we're still kind of figuring that all out. But anyway, we've got a very different kind of sponsor for this particular episode, and that is The Jordan Harbinger Show which is a podcast you really should be listening to. And I know that every day somebody's telling you, hey, you have to listen to some podcast. And you nod and you say, sure. And then you go on and never listen to that podcast. Uh, But don't let that happen here. Jordan's show, uh, which Apple named one of its best of 2018, is aimed at making you better informed, a more critical thinker. So you can get a sense of how the world actually works and you can come to your own conclusions about what's happening, even inside your own brain. Each episode is like a conversation with a different fascinating guest, and when they say there's something for everyone, they really do mean it. In one episode, Jordan talks to a hostage negotiator from the FBI who offers techniques on how to get people to trust you and like you, uh, which sounds useful and disturbing all at the same time, if you think about it. Another episode tells a story of a professional art forger who somehow made millions of dollars while being chased from the feds and the mafia all at the same time. Two episodes that I would recommend that you check out if you're a fan of this show would be How to Debunk a Conspiracy Theory with Mick West, as well as How to Detect and Disarm Pseudoscience with Justin Ramsdell. Those are two topics near and dear to this podcast, Conspiracy Theories and Pseudoscience. Those come up quite often, and, uh, you know, it's good to be informed about those things because they don't always come out in the form of aliens or cryptids. Sometimes they come out in ways that you just don't detect right? Uh, But Jordan's always focused on pulling useful, practical insights out of his brilliant guests, and they're not talking about pop psychology or wishy-washy self-help stuff here. Uh, The episodes are loaded with bits of wisdom that you can use to legitimately change your mind and improve your way of life right away. We really enjoy this show, and we think that you will as well, so search The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So now comes the tragic event that happened to Silverbridge. You might have heard of this. So Silverbridge is the bridge between Point Pleasant and Gallipolis, which is in Ohio. And on December 15th, 1967, this was a little over a year after these major sightings, Silverbridge collapsed. It occurred during rush hour when lots of people were out holiday shopping. 
37 cars in total were halted on this bridge and the bridge began to shake. 64 people fell into the water below and unfortunately 46 of them passed away. Oh no. People in the area helped the victims out of the water and it was reported that the collapse was caused by several factors, such as the age of the bridge being about 39 years old, that it had bad upkeep and that all of these cars stopped on it at once and that a single eye bar came loose from one of the suspension chains and it became kind of like, you know, one of the supports went out and so the whole thing kind of failed. So the weight of the cars was the, the tipping point. Right, chain reaction of disaster. Mm-hmm. Well, following the collapse, the other older bridges in the area were closed for maintenance as people looked into this. Uh, but what does this have to do with Mothman, you ask? Well, some people blame Mothman for what happened, claiming that they saw Mothman on the bridge before the collapse. Others claim that they heard a sonic boom right before the collapse, but there's no evidence of this. Others like author John Keel consider that Mothman is an omen or a warning sign of things to come, perhaps negative things. Uh, perhaps again in the vigilante sort of way. I know I jest a little bit, but maybe he was there to like, I'm a savior. Whoops, I'm just a man in a suit. I failed, off he goes, I don't know. But the week after the collapse, reporter Mary Heyer, who we've talked about a few times now, uh, she's from The Messenger. She had experiences with men in black types. She said she was surprised that they asked her about UFOs and not the bridge. Again, they asked her what she would do if someone told her to stop writing about UFOs. At this point, there were no longer reports of men in black, except by Mary herself, who supposedly was visited by them until her passing the following year, or a few years later, I should say, in 1970. Do we know how she passed? Was it natural causes or? Christian or Jillian, do we know how she passed away? Maybe she was snubbed by the men in black. Maybe they snuck something into her morning coffees. We don't know, you know what I mean? It just says an illness of four weeks. An illness of four weeks. Okay, so at 54, she became ill for about four weeks and then passed away. I'll consider that a, you know, red web yeah, task force, red flag, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, you could put that in the uh, suspicious category. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and write that down. Well, after the tragedy, this is where the Mothman sightings supposedly ended. Okay, obviously people up until recent years have said, yes, I've seen him or I've interacted with him in some way, but these, this is the end of the major sightings, at least for a long time. So I don't know if it was a, a sociological thing where a shared tragedy kind of ripped this from their minds and everybody kind of sobered up or, or what, but that is the end of the kind of general story of Mothman and everything that kind of goes around it. Uh, we're gonna talk about the theories, the possible explanations, the popular ones anyway. But before we do that, Fredo, I would love to know your gut instinct for what, what you feel is really going on here. If anything comes to mind. Dude, I don't believe any of it. Like, I just, I, That's totally fair. All these weird sightings, like, I don't, I don't know, man. This just seems mm -hmm. so far-fetched. It just seems so out there. Yeah, I'm with you. So as I was reading through this, my gut was saying, okay, and what's funny is there have been situations in historical, you know, records mm -hmm. where there are large shared social delusions, for lack of a better word. For example, there was a time period, and I'm just firing from the hip, but there was a time period a few hundred years ago where people were supposedly catching this disease that made them dance until they died. Literally, oh. people would dance and dance and dance until they collapsed. They couldn't stop. They couldn't eat, drink, whatever, sleep. They would just dance until they collapsed. When looking back on this, apparently it spread. It kind of stopped for a little bit and then it spread to somewhere else. 
And when looking back on this, it was like a psychological study because there was no virus. There was no illness that actually transpired. It was all in the mind and people like the placebo effect built it into a reality. And people were actually passing away to this. And so there is very odd, there, there's, a, there's a history of oddities like this that actually happened, but it's not because of something real. It's because of, you know, just right. our minds, we, we have this shared illusion. And, and that's what kind of stands out to me is that a couple weird things happened in the night. You're going to see some stuff. Yeah. And then, and then people went, oh my God, me too. Yeah, I mean, I, I could subscribe to that because I, I fully believe that, like, especially around, like, flu season, right? Or, like, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I'm feeling sick. And if I start telling myself, oh, my goodness, I'm getting sick, I'm I'm going to be sick. And then, I don't know, like, my, my immune system starts... Acting up a little bit. Yeah. Giving into that, acting up. And, and then, again, we'll get into the, the popular theories and stuff, but if I were to really put my tinfoil hat on snug and tight. The most conspiratorial I could get with this is that maybe there was some sort of mass study on a chemical, a medicine, or maybe it was an accident. But regardless, some mass socio philosophy like study was done on a town that was secluded and on a shared illusion or on a chemical in the water or on something like that. That those are these are the things that come to mind before I even got to the theories before doing the research on that stuff. Yeah, and that these men in black were just regular suits that were actually trying to study what was going on again, whether it was an accident or on purpose. But anyway, some of these theories do pull on some of those threads. So let's dive into it. Theory number one: birds. Simply enough. A widely accepted theory is that Mothman was actually some kind of misidentified animal. Of course, birds first come to mind. One of the popular ideas is that it was perhaps a sandhill crane that was out of its migration path. Uh, It has a similar descriptor. It's about six to seven feet on the wingspan rather than the 10 that people were estimating. And it's about four to five feet tall rather than the six to seven that people were once again eyeballing. Uh, But it also has red patches around its eyes. There have been no confirmed sightings during those years. So, you know, it's a, maybe it was a mistaken identity because people hadn't seen it before, or maybe it just wasn't that. The other popular theory is that it's a barred owl. Uh, while smaller, it could also explain what people were seeing. Uh, it has a wide wingspan. It doesn't really have a neck. Its eye shine occurs, you know, if you've ever seen an owl in the night mm-hmm. with a light on it, it has uh, essentially, because its pupils are so big, it has like that red eye sort of effect. And so its eyes tend to glow red. And these barred owls have a very strong eye line or eye shine and they're very large. So that that could be what people were seeing. And, you know, these owls do live in the area. So maybe people were just like, it was a play of distance. You know, they're seeing these owls flying around. They couldn't really tell spatially in the night where they were. And they do tend to fly with their wings out without flapping so they can stay silent because that's how they hunt mice. So you know, maybe there's just uh, a couple nice owls floating about. Just chasing cars and whatnot. Just chasing cars, you know? And and we say chasing, but maybe it was just like, it coasted by, you know? People people get scared at night, you know? That's true. That's true. But these were also all seen at night, which kind of lends itself to the nocturnal owl and the low visibility, you know, kind of exacerbates that, but... Man, you're selling and I'm buying right now. Oh, you picking it up? Stocks are good today. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, (laughs) no, I can get behind that. Well, let me go ahead and just veer this car right off the road. Go for it. The next theory is that this was a curse of some kind. (gasps) 
They named it the Curse of Cornstalk. Uh, some believe that the Mothman was sent by Cornstalk, who was the leader of the Shawnee Nation leading up to the American Revolution. A month after signing the treaty that ended the Battle of Point Pleasant, Cornstalk was apparently betrayed by American militiamen. And when he died, it is said that he placed a 200-year-old curse on the land, and he died in 19, or excuse me, in 1777, also in November, which is 190 years before this really all kicks off. Now, to me, and my 2020 thinking is a whole bunch of Karens pulled this one out of their hat. Um, <laughs> it, it's clear that a bunch of white people came up with this theory, but um, but hey, it's one of it's one of the uh, common, or at least I should say that one of the local uh, folklore that kind of purports to answer the theory or, or the uh, mystery of the Mothman. And the third and probably more convincing theory that goes right back on the rails of, of more sane to me, not to judge these too harshly, but it gets a little bit more like in the realm of possibility, is that this was mass hysteria, uh, kind of like I was saying. It has been theorized that what was happening was just a case of mass hysteria because it's a small town, everyone knows each other, and if you don't have a story, you certainly do know someone who does. Right. And with the collapse of the Silver Bridge, you know, having something to blame the tragedy on could provide comfort to these people, especially with 39 individuals, or excuse me, 46 individuals passing away from this event. You know, that's a large portion of this town. Yep. Everyone probably knew someone who was impacted by that. And so to be able to point to something out of their control, like the Mothman, rather than faulty construction or maintenance, yeah. something that, you know, might feel a little bit more personal. Easier to blame it on that. Right. But also, you know, even outside of that, you know, before the tragedy befell the town, it's it's a little piece of, uh, you know, pride in your local area. You, you feel like whatever this is, you feel like your small town just became special because, right. hey, yeah. there's a Mothman here. Look what's who, happening Who else to us. has like right. a thing like that? Yeah. Small town with like a big story, right? Mm-hmm. So now they got the, you know, the foot traffic. You got the uh, tourists coming in, buying up all the... Mothman mugs, you know. Merchant <laughs> Mothman <laughs> mugs. <laughs> just a mug of it's not even like a fish it just, at all. It's it a mug in the shape of a man. <laughs> and then like every time you touch it, like a you know, bits of it kind of like <laughs> a little bit of dust comes off. A little off, bit of little dust just like, you know, leaves a some residue on your hand. <laughs> mm, mm, I don't like it. That's gross. It's <laughs> so gross. So that's that theory. The uh, The fourth theory is that this was some sort of psyops or like psychological operation. Now this was proposed by Reddit user Shill McGuffin. Like many other unexplained phenomena, it has been theorized that the appearance of Mothman was a psychological experiment from the government to study the psychology of large groups. The small town was sort of controlled and contained because of its, because of the nature of it, right? It's in the middle of West mm -hmm. Virginia, uh, so it can kind of be contained, controlled, whatever. And then these men in black were supposedly sent into the site to create more paranoia or study what's going on. But after the collapse of Silver Bridge, the experiment ended because it could no longer be controlled. It started to go out of control. This is when the folklore really started to blow up and attach itself to, to you know, the Mothman to the bridge sort of situation. And so the sightings ended because whatever this operation was concluded with that. Or, you know, the government created these hoaxes to distract from reality, like we kind of said earlier, maybe, you know, yeah. actors come in and start filling the gaps. I don't know. I think there's a, a, a piece of that you can pull out. You know, if, if anything, if the government really was involved, mm -hmm. I can see them studying this as like a, 
okay, everyone's having shared illusions. Everyone's seeing the same thing right. that we, as the government, assume or know is not real. Mm-hmm. So this will be interesting to learn from. I, I mean, know. I'll be completely honest. I, I can see if, if you were to tell me, like, any one of these theories so far, whether it be that it was an experiment uh, by the government or it was just an animal that um, was off a migration path. I I could be, I, you know, I'd sit there and go, okay, all right, that's what happened, cool. Um, more than anything though, I, I don't subscribe to the whole like, this is real, this happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's. I, I agree. I think there's something else going on and this is either a symptom or just, yeah you know, a funny occurrence around what actually happened. I, I think I'll pretty much believe anything else before I believe <laughs> that. I mean, to be honest, I just, there hasn't really been anything that, that right. sits here and stands out to me to like, okay, oh my goodness. Like not even like we're seeing fake tracks or footprints right. or like, uh, you know, I don't know. Like none of that. One none of, of that his little is... leg feathers, man. What, a, what, a, you know, he, he's flying in front of windshields. Somebody must've, you know, Hit him a little bit on on their car, a little gentle tap. Maybe yeah. they got a dusty window now. Like, yeah, come on. There's something. just there isn't any like fake footprints or some like feather from an animal that it's unexplained. Nothing. None. None of that. Yeah. And I, and I doubt that the Mothman is out there just like taking a step, patting his tracks, taking a step, patting. You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't, and I don't, I don't and know. then tearing down a whole bridge and then just ghosting the town, you know? Exactly. Well, the last theory, the last popular theory is that there was some sort of pollution happening uh, in the groundwater and in, in the area. So some have theorized that perhaps Mothman was an alien, but perhaps, you know, on more realistic terms that uh, he was the result of pollution from the TNT area that oh, we discussed earlier. A, a mutated creature. A mutated creature or delusions from uh, chemicals, you know? So the TNT area produced about 500,000 pounds of TNT a day. Some witnesses believe that it lived, this creature lived in the ammunition plant. So this kind of continues to uh, attach this folklore to this location, which is why I think this theory might have some legs here. The plant and its bunkers all still had leftover materials and chemicals and explosives, etc. And, uh, and they were all created, as I mentioned earlier, as parts of atomic bombs. Now, sure, it could have been some sort of mutated creature, like a sandhill crane or an owl, or it could have been like toxins in the water that caused people to see things, uh, whether it ended up in their sinks, in their fresh water, in their well water, oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know if I'm kind of pulling my own ideas out of this pollution thing, but that was really one of the like more extraordinary ideas I had going into the theories blind for the first time. But what's interesting though, on top of that, it it, it isn't just kind of made up as a convenient sort of thing. Actually in the 80s, they found that red water seep was discovered. Uh, Red water seep, I had to look it up, but essentially it's uh, like water seeping into a local freshwater supply or like, it was like they saw red water seep in a river or in a lake And essentially, that's just water that contains a chemical that was used to rinse the TNT, I believe. Uh, And and this would be evidence of pollution in the area. So this would then go to say that this whole area had been contaminated by the TNT factory that again was closed down in the 40s, but could have had 
large ramifications over 20 years later. Rainwater getting in there, uh, you know, the collapse and degradation of the infrastructure, all of this red water could have uh, seeped out into the environment to not only mutate creatures, but also maybe cause some uh, mental unwellness from people drinking the, the water and uh, yeah, or, or the fish or the deer if they were hunting and consuming, you know, or or the cattle, etc., etc. But what's interesting is that this pollution was so bad that it ended up on the national priorities list, and scientists declared the area an environmental disaster Ooh. as of the 70s. See, there's some tangible evidence right there. You know what I mean? That's stuff I can get behind. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's where I kind of, like, having looked through these now, like, it kind of, to me, feels like a combination of some individuals around the TNT area picking up some of these toxins, whether it was breathed in or consumed in some way. Mm-hmm that exacerbated the fact that they really couldn't see what was going on at night, whether it was with creatures or just a shared illusion or maybe some sort of acid trip gone wrong. And then mass hysteria took over just because of the nature of a small town. Everyone's close and acquainted and uh, and it's exciting, you know, that to, to see yeah. a shared, you know, cryptid. People want to see stuff. They want to be in on it. It's a small town. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, like even recently something happened uh, in televised news where a whole town, I believe, was it in Louisiana? They were they were all seeing a leprechaun, you know? And it wasn't <laughs> just one person. It was a whole neighborhood saying like, yeah, I saw a leprechaun. I saw him too. And so it's like, hey, there's another example that kind of goes to say like, yeah, these ideas can spread and people can start having these shared mistakes or these visions or whatever. But anyway. Yeah, they're out there looking for it. Yeah. But in closing... As recently as 2017, about 55 people reported seeing the Mothman now in Chicago, which is interesting. And according to Dr. David A. Gallo, when Vice asked about this, he said, Sometimes the mind is unable to fill in the gaps. And when presented with the idea of Mothman, perhaps that's what it's doing, that it's filling in those gaps. So whatever these people are seeing, it has solidified the Mothman as part of American folklore. And Point Pleasant has a Mothman statue actually in their town. They do. And a festival every year to celebrate it, inviting people from all over to come find the Mothman themselves to pick up one of those dusty mugs. (laughs) (laughs) Those dusty man-shaped mugs. Man-shaped mugs. Don't ask where you drink out of. No. You got to buy the mug online without seeing it. And then, uh, you know, you use it or you don't. Just, just try it out, <laughs> but don't. It's a bad idea. As we like to do, you know, let's uh, let's sit down at the task force table and kind of assess, you know, assess the Mothman on a scale of one, absolutely unbelievable. It's the, it's the fakest thing I've ever seen. Ten being, this is fact. I 100% believe what's going on here. Where do you lie on our on our Ooh, scale here? I think I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to one this. You're going to one the Mothman? There's literally nothing but just... How about the theories that go to answer it? How about the real oh, stuff? Oh, man. For, if I'm to... Like, if the pollution's in play, right. how does Mothman tickle you then? I mean, I'll give it maybe like a three. That's as far as I can go with it. I'm going to... I'm just going to average all of that in because, you know, a part of me wants to say like, maybe. And a part of me wants to say like... Yeah, same here. Yeah, like, I'm going to give it a two with all things considered theories in consideration maybe two and a half just because you know maybe it doesn't exist as a physical entity Mm -hmm. maybe maybe he's just an idea you know whoever dons the mask something that visits people's minds and dreams yeah 
Okay. But I don't know. That's Mothman, man. Yeah. No, I mean, like, yeah, those are those are <laughs> low numbers for me. It's interesting. Oh, it's fascinating. I would love to go out to this area and just like poke around in the forest at night, you know, with a weak flashlight. Yeah. <laughs> A weak, why has it got to be a weak <laughs> flashlight? What is your problem? Yeah, I mean, you're not going to see oh, anything with like a 10,000 lumen light. Ever. What do you mean? Give you me a flashlight <laughs> that like burns like the sun. You know what I mean? No, Give me no, the then you might as well go out in daytime. The whole you're not going to see anything. <laughs> you're going to go out there like predator style. You're going to yeah. have that chain gun. You're just going to mow down the trees. <laughs> with your That's exactly rate. what's going to happen. I don't want to <laughs> take no chances. I don't want to. I want to be able to see it coming a mile away and then I'll take a selfie. Well, that's one thing I, I we didn't get in our notes here. Does Mothman bleed? Oh, I mean, probably just <laughs> you hit it and just poof dust. Man, little dust Maybe particles. What a what a crazy story. <laughs> Oh, I love it, though. I, I love these little folklores. Uh, yeah, we'll be dabbling with the cryptids periodically because yeah. I think they're really, you know, if nothing I else, like they're it. fascinating stories. And that's what I love the most about conspiracies. Um, you know, I don't tend to subscribe in general to th- conspiracy thinking. It can be a bit troublesome uh, right. you know, in your life to, to kind of don that hat too many times. But but man, do they make fascinating stories, not no, only from definitely. like a, a philosophical angle or like a psychological angle. Like what are people seeing? How like why are they seeing what they're seeing? Right, and then and then like on a more real level, like are there people like the Men in Black? It, that that could be a thing. Uh, um, whether they're aliens or not, I don't know about that. But like, right, you know, but, faceless you know, government covering stuff up, people going around like now that's what tickles my fancy. I think, man, like for me, this stuff. I know, like I'm, I'm kind of like the skeptic sure. of the uh, the podcast. I'm like, I don't really believe it, whatnot. But also, like, I just at the same time, like. To break through that wall for me, like I just need a little bit of like stuff I can get behind, right? Mm-hmm. If you're just like, here's a photo and a bunch of like people that are well credited, um, you know, I need a bite, can't break it down or whatever, or like I need here's like DNA bit. stuff, then I'm just like, okay, all right, like maybe a little bit of this, like you don't need to get too much further into that and then you know some people might be like oh that's pretty far into it anyways but like i i'd be okay it's the thing all right let's go yeah um yeah i need someone bit in the neck and has a just heinous <laughs> scar that's like i survived the mothman me, and like me, me. and they got an eye patch for some reason and they sit in the corner at all the town meetings and says i've seen the mothman i need that <laughs> you need that person and then you'll push me up to a six <laughs> You get me a blurry oh, photo, no. go to six and a half. But, but I'm with you otherwise on this one. I mean, there, like with this, there was a, just a lot of he, you know, he said, she said. Yeah. That's really what it was for me. So I was just like, okay, well, there, there wasn't much else to it, but it was, it was enjoyable. Yeah, for sure. And you know what's interesting? We always come out of these pretty aligned on, uh, on how we're feeling with the theories and stuff. Our numbers don't end up too far off. I'm wondering if there's ever going to be an episode where we just like fully disagree, like, nah, man, this is real. It's totally not real. I'm excited for that. I think it was a couple episodes ago where you were starting to like lean into one of the theories and I was like, well, what about this though? But what the about that? I forgot what Oh you- yeah, we were we were going you were whipping me back and forth. I yeah, was like you're getting, four, yeah. eight, six, two. <laughs> yeah, you were yeah, you were getting 
you're falling down a rabbit hole and i was like well but this doesn't line up and that doesn't line up and you're like oh you're mm-hmm. right and i was like mm. yeah well that's the mothman done by popular suggestion thank you guys so much for uh for your interest in the cryptids let us know what you think on this one we'd love to dabble with a couple more but yeah this was a this was an interesting case to dive into for sure one. especially a classic you know i've heard about this since i was a kid yeah i think that was a fun way to like kick off being one of the first episodes of the new year so yeah man it's 2021 yeah how time flies well everybody time will fly we'll see you next week in seven days on monday for another mystery so stay tuned